Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. I got no, it all no. on my system. Mike, I'm good. Okay. Mike, I just, right. I just, I just told Joe. <laughs> okay. I just told him, so it's not something he knew. He didn't oh, know. Oh, okay. Lies. Okay, Joel, you're okay. not. Joel, you're not an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> or well, you want to know the reasons? But the trade is. <laughs> yes, we. Yes, if there was a trade in our league, let's hear this thing. All right. Oh God. Um, I gave, I gave back. Like I, I really have some poor draft choices for next year, right? Like I don't okay. have a second, third, oh, second, God. third, fourth, and six. You do realize that I am your son as well, right? <laughs> just saying. Not just feeling. Saying. Okay, Mike's just, not feeling in love. In other words, <laughs> I just, I just think I just. I just picked up hints from Dallas. Oh, what? I know. I didn't even think he. I didn't think Jay would budge on him because I tried twice with oh, him. Oh, okay, okay. First and foremost, Joel, I'm really sorry. I thought you were involved in this trade with your dad. Yeah. So my misled, bad. Misled. You're absolutely. You're. You're absolutely not an asshole. <laughs> Maybe we can edit that out. I'll talk to your brother about it. Twenty bucks. Um, Twenty bucks. So, <laughs> so yeah, was not aware that he was available. Although, no. I made a pitch for him like a month and a half ago, and he yeah. held on to him pretty damn tight. Yeah, I know. Me too. But take a listen to what Son my dad gave up that. for him. It wasn't that much. All right. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, um, did you, <laughs> what did you do? I. I. I, I gave him. Not next year's season, not next season, but the season after. Okay. I gave him a third. I gave him a third round pick. Okay. An entry entry pick. Yep. And then a. Oh no! I'm sorry. Hang on a sec. No, a second round entry pick and a third round mid season oh, pick. Oh, okay. I th- I okay. thought it was in the two, other way in, around. No, in two years from now. Okay. Holy cow! That's. Okay. Which wow. is, and the sec, By the way, the second round midseason pick was his to begin with. Okay. Somehow I got, I got it. I just gave it back to him. Okay. All right. Well, hey, listen. At the end of the day, I can see where both teams are coming from. Yeah. I can see where Jay's trying trying to accumulate. Now, I mean, it. it listen, I'd have to kind of look over things maybe a little bit closer. Maybe I'm missing something. I will say. That seems like a pretty damn good price to pay for Rupa Hint. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't think um, I would like. Say... I'm, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking a second could have been probably Pride somewhere along the line, but that's I, just me. Maybe I, I'm missing something. I wouldn't say that um, anybody got hosed in the situation, but I will say I feel like <laughs> our favorite line. At the end of the day, I think my dad will come out on top on this one. Uh, I, I think I think Heinz has more proven and upswing than what that pick will get. The midseason, to me, that's a filler, unless there's a player that comes out of the woodwork 
and you know somehow went undrafted in the entry draft, and Jay managed well, to scoop him up in the entry you know, to, or to, the mid. Sorry. To 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 begin with the mid season pick, I already have my mid season pick for that year. The mid season pick, the third round mid season yeah. pick, was Jay's. I just gave it back. Gave it back to him, that's yeah. all. But I mean, yeah. In the, so I'm not. I'm not. But you still like. I'm I, not I mean, you, you made a trade, and that pick was yours. So that no matter how, even though it at one point was Jay's, it was traded to you, so it belonged to you. It was Jay's uh, pick, but it was, uh, sorry, it was Jay's positioning, which was going to be your pick. So you still you you gave away two players for one. But I don't. I have a hard time with mid seasons. I don't think I give them as much weight as other people do because it's the mid season is one of two things. It's either you're in the you're in the contention and you need to pick up a player to sort of round out your team for the, for the stretch run, or there's a player out there that has all of a sudden become amazing and you plan on picking him because he somehow exactly. went drafted and you're going to get lucky in the mid season. Yep. So exactly. I don't know. It's a, yep. the, I find the midseason is a gamble one way or another that even <clears throat> if it ends up being that type of player, it, it is still worth the gamble because you've got Heinz. So I, I don't know. I again, nobody got hose, but I do think I do think Dad, I do think you end up on top of this one. You know where I think the genesis of this this might be too, right? I, I think may, maybe a little bit. I could be I could be wrong, but I'll I'll stick my neck out here and say that um, Jay made a trade with with uh, Tom, and he ended up getting Jason Robertson in a deal. Now I wonder if because listen, Jason Robertson is playing incredible yeah. hockey right now down there in Dallas. So I, listen, I. I I'm sure Jason would have been happy to keep Rupa Hints. I don't think that was an, an issue whatsoever. I think maybe he saw, okay, you know, I've got Robertson now. Yeah. Maybe I'll move off a slightly from Hints if I can get something that I'd like to get my hands on in regards to another asset. I wonder if that maybe has a little bit something to do with it. We could always figure I, that yeah. out with James. I don't want to give away too much of my discussions away. with Jason, but I will say this much. When I was... When I was trying, when I was negotiating with him, um, so I'm saying his name wrong. It's not Heinz. It's Hints. Sorry. Thanks for that, Mike. Hints. Okay. So, so Hints was a hundred percent available versus Robertson. Robertson was not. He's not on the list. No. no. He's going to be protected with an armored shield in front of him. But yeah. So Hints was definitely the guy to go after. But it sounds like I wasn't. You know what? To be fair, it sounds like I wasn't far off. Um, maybe the timing was off. Maybe that was the bigger deal as to why I didn't end up with him because I did want him. In a lot well, of to cases, be honest with you, I my, oh, my I contacted Jay because I wanted Robertson. <laughs> when that fell through, yeah. when that fell through, I I Might asked be. him about him. Yeah, yeah, which is not a bad idea because right. And and I was that I texted Joel. He was on his way home. I don't know that he's there yet. But in any event, just to um, a, a feel-good trade again, because so far this this year, and we're, we're not even at the trading deadline yet, mm-hmm. um, I got three good trade in this year. I got Odinger off of you, my thing. Yeah, that was a good one. And I've got Mir. Yeah, two San Jose. Mir, yeah. yeah, and now Hintz. That's that's a good point. And they're all and they're all young kids. Yep. I mean. 25 or less. Yeah. They're That's all young. Smart. And yeah. So, um, Your future but the only thing that it, well, it's, 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 it's starting to look 
like it's going to be really difficult to submit my yeah. protective list. Mm. That's gonna that's the drawback. I th- I think this is this has to be the hardest year for the most amount of teams for a protected list in our league's history. Because I, Dad, I'm I in the same I'm in I'm in the same boat as you, Mike. Hundred percent, you're in the same boat as us. Uh, oh, Joel, yeah. who's had issues, not issues, but I mean, you know, who's had difficult choices for like forever. <laughs> same thing with Tom. Same thing with Ryan. Like every team except for Scott and Jay are going to have a very difficult time. There's going to be a lot of really good players at this yeah, year's man. entry draft. Keep that in mind. So, Dad, you're kind of yeah, SOL for- right now <laughs> with no second, third, or fourth. <laughs> well, I, that's the other thing. I'm working. Yeah. I'm working on a few trades right now to get for picks yeah. so I can get my pits back. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Uh, so, uh, hey, Mike, are you interested? Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I'll, I'll take a quick look at your team there. We'll see what there's something that we can't come up with. We'll figure listen, it out. Listen, fans. I've got some draft capital. I, I just want to mention, obviously, we're in the show right now. And, guys, who are for, for the listeners out there, so there, there's a third voice today. Um, it's my dad. It's it's the owner of the Buccaneers. Um, this is going to feel weird to say this. Ron LeFave. Oh, that feels weird because um, it's just dad. For yeah. me. Um, anyways, he's joined us and we, we've been talking about how he just completed a trade. So it's kind of a this is breaking news but that only really applies to our league. So let's let's just <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit on breaking news. Hey, don't you get to play the music first? No, I, I really like that the music. <laughs> that's handled in editing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's after the. Well, I would have liked to hear it. Yeah, it would have sounded. It would have sounded professional. Oh, but, thanks Ron, for the burn. <laughs> Ron, thank you very much for taking my place on the podcast in regards to all things technical. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> There's a new I, dummy I in town, Marty. <laughs> I, I get a week off. <laughs> hey, listen, right. Marty. Yeah. Before before we, before we move off from anything, I just want to make sure that we do get in uh, yes. a second trade that did happen this week. Absolutely. Um, just just so we don't skirt over them either. We wouldn't no, no, want no. the either the apocalypse or the royals thinking that they're uh, uh, you know side dishes, if you will. Here, so uh, a little trade between the two of them. Uh, the apocalypse get Eric Carlson. Uh, as well as Linus Allmark, uh, in a couple, I, I'm, I'm, it looks like it was all in one deal, although it kind of seems it was written out a little bit like separate deals, but, yeah. uh, again, the Apocalypse get Allmark and Eric Carlson yeah. and the Royals get a sixth round entry, uh, and a second round mid season. And it looks like both picks are in 2024, 25. So there you go. It's a clean, pick. It's, a clean on- it's a clean trade and it, it kind of, um, I want to, <laughs> I'm not going to say it it it, it, it uh, that I'm angry about it, but it does poke me on the side a little bit with a very pointy stick. Okay. Eric, so to get the listeners up to speed, Eric Carlson was on my team and I traded him for Tuka Rask and a pick. And um and oh, now wow. as it turns out, Tuka Rask is retired. And my brother's. Yeah, we got, all know what happened yeah, there. My brother's wow. now got the starting goalie for Boston, and my Eric Carlson. So, this is lovely. This is lovely. It's uh, nice to see this. This is uh, some interesting trade tree going around. But because uh, so, yes. it sounds like 
Because I and this is partly my fault too. Scott did reach out to me and sort of give me I wouldn't say first dibs, but he did reach out to me and say, listen, these are the players available. What do you think? And I have yet to reply. So sorry about that, Scott. Life got in the way. Um, I'll be honest, though, at the time I did initially when I saw the text, I thought about it. I thought, OK, you know, I can go with Allmark, but he wasn't playing well at the time. So I thought, you know what? <sighs> At the risk of throwing another pick away, I need my picks. I'm just not going to bother. And I stopped. I didn't look at it. Then as things started progress, lately I've been thinking about, listen, I think I want to get Carlson back. And then this trade happened. And now I'm realizing I'm not going to be able to get anything back. Because if I do, it's going to hurt too much. So I'm just letting it go. So good for you guys. Everybody's happy but me. <laughs> Fun deal. <laughs> Hey, listen, Marty. I mean, in, in regards to the wrestling, we did have a conversation about that. That could have happened to any of us, right? Sure. Yes. I mean, a couple, a couple of years back, it was Happy Boolin with Joel and everything. So, yeah. I mean, that was just kind of unfortunate. And I know Scott kind of, you know, approached you and everything and kind of yes. wanted to see if there was any kind of combing over that could be done there or whatever the case may be. And you were fine with that. Yeah. But that yeah, me. I guess I guess, I guess the Carlson thing would be a little bit of thorn in your side. So That's I can very exactly much understand right. where you're exactly. coming from. That's exactly what it is. If it wasn't for Carlson, I think I, none of it would have bothered me. But the fact that Carlson went with him... I'm like, are you freaking? Are you guys just doing this because to mess with me? Is that what? Because Joel, I don't know that Joel. Because Carlson's supposed to be back. What is it in two weeks from now? He's pretty close, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a couple weeks or something. I, I think I read that to too. God, yeah. If I face my brother and I lose him, and it's because of Carlson, I'm going to lose my shit. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep a stern eye on that because I'll know to be ready good. for that week's show. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a lot of yelling. Oh, there'll be a rant. There will, <laughs> there be, will rants. be two rants. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, before we uh, before we get really into the meat and potatoes of it here, let's uh, let's quickly go over uh, the check my fanny. Yeah. Uh, of course, going over those few trades uh, uh, that we had over the uh, the course of the week. Um, the one thing I just really wanted to kind of hit on is kind of a, a theme that we've really been going over for numerous weeks here uh, on the show. And that's just that nobody really seems to kind of want to be breaking away from the pack. Um, I mean, listen, in my particular viewpoint, you've got, I mean, if, if you're including, and, and Ron, I'll include your team in there, like with your win this week, it certainly kind of uh, stabilizes things off for you a little bit. And I believe with your win this week, you're going to be an eight and nine uh, record. So you're kind of still keeping your nose in there. You're four games out. But, you know, with nine weeks left to go, that's still enough racetrack. The only issue is, is the amount of teams that you would have to leapfrog, which kind of goes into uh, the Cougars as well, sitting at nine and eight after this week. Uh, looks like they're going to kind of take a little lump uh, against Joel's team, I believe, uh, the Apocalypse. Uh, moving on to uh, yourself, Marty. Uh, sitting at 10 and seven after the week. Uh, looks like I'll be able to hold you off there. Uh, so we move on. Jeez, he's well, going to win you know, by over 20, was... folks. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be nice, man. I'm trying to be nice. Now's not the time. I okay, can so, see okay. through the niceties. I know the oh. truth. <laughs> All right, then. I'm crushing you. You're being crushed. Absolutely <laughs> right. crushed this week. Crushed 10 and 7. Oh, I yeah. don't know, man. I don't know. 
it's pretty no, embarrassing. No, I, I will say, I, I will say, right where kind of the the line is with Marty is, I, I really do feel like any one of these four teams could still win the championship. Uh, even Marty's team at ten and seven is only two games, uh, two games out of the uh, of the league lead. So you throw the apocalypse in there at eleven and six after the week. Uh, Tom with a twelve and five record, and myself as well at twelve and five. The only reason I'd be holding any edge is in regards to points four, uh, compared to what Tom would have. So. Uh, again, I mean, the, the theme here for me is you've, you've, def- you've got half the league that can still win this championship. And there's a lot of time left with nine weeks remaining. So, sure. And of course, I mean, with myself, the Apocalypse and the Brigands, three of the top four teams, we're all in the same division. We're going to be seeing a lot of each other down the stretch yeah. here. So, I, I mean, myself, I believe I've got two games against both you and uh, the Apocalypse. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be a tough go here in the, uh, the second half, but... Man, it's going to make for an exciting... It's going to make for one of the most exciting stretch runs we've had in our league. 100%. And at the very least, if it's not for... If you're not... like, If at some point either you or Tom kind of run away with the championship, it gets very interesting for second place, second and third places, and my dad, again, included. Um, because at 8-9, and Dad, you're really... You're not that far off. You're two games behind me. Uh, but that, that doesn't... In your own division... It's almost a cinch at this point that you're you've got it. You've got the second place. Yes, there's nine weeks left. We're talking about the Royals going on a stretch of nine more wins. That's not going to happen. They've only got four, so you basically got second point, uh, second place all cinched up. It's yours. But it gets pretty interesting if you got start going on a tear, which means you're beating Tom, who's first in the league, right? Because if you're going on this tear because you've got so many games against Tom, then that means you're beating up on him too. So that means you're getting yourself not just closer within your own division, but you're also getting closer to Mike. If something happens with Mike, then maybe you can get closer to him too. So the, listen, that's kind of far-fetched. I know. I know how the year's gone. Trust me. I'm at 10 and 7. I feel like I've already lost the season. Mine's a little bit more personal just because I know how my team is and I, I can read the terrain. I, I've been down this before, but... I don't know. There's still lots of exciting weeks left. And like you said, like down the stretch, it's just going to be a very tight race. Yeah. yeah and I think one of the big, I, I'm just the opposite of some of you guys. I, I started really, really slow this year only yeah. because of my, my three main players, that being Pasternak, Matthews and Marner. Mm-hmm. They all started off in a really slow start this year. Yeah. All three of them. They didn't, they didn't start to really uh, produce until sometime in December yeah. uh, before they came out of the uh, their uh, closet. <laughs> but now uh, it's 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 the opposite. Look how many points I picked up with those two last night. Oh, fun. you know, ten points. That was ridiculous, with, uh, dude. Uh, yeah. That was yeah, t- ten points alone just with Marner and Matthews last night. Um, well, so, and actually, yeah, I, Dad, I think... you're being a little bit modest too. It's not just that you're also first or second. Okay, currently you're second um, in the league for the for the this recent weeks points for. You got 96 points. You're only behind Joe by one point. In fact, you're beating Mike by three points. You had one hell of a of a stretch week. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of it had to do with last night's game, right? Are you are you are you counting last night's game? In yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's right up until yeah, yeah, right okay. now. So yeah, yeah. Because okay, you, so you, you got a last point night, from Schnevich this morning, uh, and in fact, actually, we're not done. So Odinger, if Odinger started tonight, you got another two points there, 
And if Hellebuck started tonight, you you also got because they both win. Dallas won and Winnipeg won. So if Hellebuck and Odinger both oh. played, you got another four points there. So you're at a hundred points. So yeah, like, well, uh, hell of a I week, guys. Hell of a stretch. Odinger did play the game. Oh, well, so, there you go. So you got I, but I, there. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that they had uh, they had won. I don't know, man, but your team, Ron, is starting to be a little bit scary if you kind of look up and down this lineup, man. You're I'm right. really, I mean, going over this really quickly here for our listeners, you got Bushnevich, Hall, Kadri, Landeskog, Marner, Matthews, Timo mm-hmm. Meyer out in San Jose, mm-hmm. uh, Nugent Hopkins with an injury. Uh, so that, you know, you may have to bring somebody up from the bench there. Pasternak, Barry. D'Angelo with an injury, Yossi, Krug, Hellebuck, and Ottinger. I mean, Ottinger, that trade is is really helping you out right now for sure. I mean, you're so you've got welcome. a lineup right now. Uh, <laughs> no, I, was, I was just going to say thanks, Mike. <laughs> like, like, that's uh-huh. a lineup that, I, I mean, you know, if, if yeah. over the next couple of weeks, maybe, okay, let's say that things don't go so well for your team over the next couple of weeks, Ron. Uh, you're you got the team right now that I just don't want to play because you can end up putting up like in a normal week, not a two week period there, but in yeah, a normal yeah. week. Uh, and Marty, I've talked about your team like this before. Ah, um, oh, man, oh, it man. does big time. I mean, you could you could go off for like a fifty five point yeah. week on a normal week, one week, uh, yeah. you know, or just just as well as you could go off for like thirty or thirty one or thirty two, you know, yeah. and have a soft mm-hmm. week. So. I don't know, man. I'm not, especially with the way those Leafs are playing right now. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's no, scary. I, I don't. I I don't know that. Um, like anything can happen. And, and how many weeks do we have left? Is it ten nine. weeks? Nine. 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 Weeks. Okay. Um, anything can happen in nine weeks. But out of those nine weeks, I play Tom three times, and that can make if my team stays hot, that can make a difference for everybody. Well, just oh, taking yeah. that into consideration, let's say you, let's say you beat Tom. Those three games you beat Tom, okay? Like, and I'm just gonna sort of round around. If you were to beat Tom, like Tom's gonna win this week, so he's gonna be at twelve and five. So, but if you beat him, that's three losses. That's twelve and eight. That means ten and nine for you, and twelve and eight for him. That puts you one game behind him. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You got a you got okay. a big swing. You got a big swing coming up next week, Ron, because you are playing Tom next week. Yeah. And, you know what? Now is the time to play him because you're all of your guys are going in the right direction right now. Hence that trade today. I yeah. I wanted that trade to go through today so I can put him in the lineup for next week. You know, so because um, I knew I was playing Tom. It was just a question. Okay, which guy do I dress? So, well, you got your guy that's going to fill in for Nugent Hopkins now. Trying to find him. Where is he? I, I think so. Oh, there he is. Who knew him? No, Heinz. And I just want to see what he's done lately because I'm just trying to pull him up. So I don't know if what he did today, but uh, he's, he, he got a goal. He, he got a goal. He got a goal today. Yeah. So that's one, two, three, three in the last four. Or okay, so he's got three points in the last four games. Like he's doing typical Heinz stuff. He's he, he, hovering near the point of game stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, like, Dad, if you can do something against Tom, we'll all appreciate it. Tom, it's nothing personal. It's just you're in first, right? So, Or maybe it is personal. Who knows? But uh, same thing goes with Mike. Mike, we don't like you either. You're in first. so Okay, man. That's all right. It's but all I, didn't, I, didn't, I did I not do my part. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry for that. Thanks, buddy. My team Thanks, is man. trending in the wrong direction. Let's just be clear about that. 
Um, <laughs> so, <coughs> so, excuse me. So, okay, so that's our league. I think we're good with our league. I uh, think we're good. Okay, yeah. so we're, now we're going to yeah. go along the boards. But so I, I asked Mike about this a couple, I think it was yesterday even. And I wanted to yeah. mention earlier. Because, Dad, because you're on the show and you've got uh, Eminem huge on your team. Like without Eminem on your team, I don't, I'm not sure your team is where it is. Uh, sorry, Matthews and Marner. Um, yeah. So because of that, and as a, as it just so happened, uh, the baseball game that was the uh, Red Wings and Toronto Maple Leaf game last night, which was 10-7, all things kind of fell into place because I really all of a sudden I felt like, you know what, we, did, we haven't done a deep dive into, into the Toronto Maple Leafs yet. I feel like that's one of the teams we haven't really gone too deep into in terms of like all the top teams. And for some weird reason, we just haven't done Toronto that much. And I don't know if it's, be it's because maybe I, they've been slightly inconsistent this year. Um, it's only been in the last, we'll say a month where they've really found their stride and they've really turned things around. Like they're, they're really playing a much better, more complete game. And, and the timing couldn't be better, in my opinion, except for Campbell. Campbell's kind of hit a stride, but we'll, we'll get there. But anyways, I wanted to get really deep into the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Toronto Maple Leaf fans, <coughs> listeners right up there, get ready. Dad, settle down. <coughs> so <laughs> so we'll, we can go right into it. Mike, did you want to start? Uh, any, do you have anything off the top of your head you want to go into? But I can go into it as well. It's up to you. I'm well, it doesn't matter. Hey, listen, I mean, I'll I'll give the uh, listeners listen. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. You're looking at a team that's played 51 games this year. They've got 33 wins, 14 losses, four in overtime, for a total of 70 points. They're sitting at a 686 point percentage, with uh, 180 goals for and 141 against. So there's kind of the the line on the Leafs, if you if you will. Um, what I the biggest thing that I have to say for me. Um, You've got a team that is, listen, I can rhyme off all sorts of uh, stats here for you. They're fifth overall in points percentage in the league. Uh, they're, they're fifth overall in goals for per games played. Uh, as This was before their, their game yeah. uh, uh, with Detroit, so it was 3.53 at the point, which is surprisingly tied, and they're surprisingly tied for 10th overall defensively with uh, uh, 2.76 goals against per games played. So, listen... <laughs> Uh, that combined with the number one power play in the league. And mm. you know what, guys? This really shocked me when I was doing a deep dive on these guys. Fourth ranked power play, uh, sorry, fourth ranked penalty kill, penalty kill yeah. in the league. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think about them being one of the top five penalty killing teams in the league when I think about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So listen, when you're looking at all of the, the lovely stats on NHL.com and you're combing through all this, it's, you know, they're top 10 basically in every major category. So this bodes well for them moving forward. The only issue that I have, and I'm going to put this to you guys as well, somebody at some point on this team and Listen, I always thought it kind of should have been Tavares just because of the position he's in, how long he's been in the league, and the fact that he's the captain of the team. But somebody needs to grab a hold of this team and put them on their back and get these guys past the first round. <laughs> now, I know that that's a, that's a pretty generalistic statement per se, but for me, the biggest thing that's missing with this team is just somebody who is going to put their foot down when something's not going well, like 
Yeah. You know, if they have a bad game, if they end up having like that game against Montreal, I, I, listen, Ooh. as a Habs fan, I, as a Habs fan, I absolutely loved it, and 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 good on the Leafs. But if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, and if I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan watching that hockey game, mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm really sorry. What you're, disappoints yeah. me more than the actual loss itself is the fact that I really didn't see any pushback. Like I yeah. really don't see somebody saying this can't happen, man. And like, that's I don't care. I don't care. Sorry, I, I was just gonna say that's you're you're. I, I love that you're going there right now because there's something. So I I, I kind of feel like I'm I, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place with this team. On the one hand, this is the first time I feel the 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 Maple Leafs. So in regards to someone getting them past the first round, I honestly do think they have that in Matthews now. I don't think Matthews was ready for it before, but I think he's ready now. And I say that because he really seems otherworldly now. He's always been a great player, the top uh, top goal scorer in the league anyways. But right now, he really seems like he has found another level. And I do think we're about to see something very special from him <coughs> in the playoffs. So I, I do think we get there with him eventually. So on, on the one hand, I think offensively, I think as a whole, I think this team is, is in their best position that they've been in the last five years. On the other side, this is something, and I'm happy, again, this is why I'm happy you pointed this out. This team has no grit. They, they, they have nothing that will sort of uh, rough against the other team's top players to make them go, you know, let's say the other team's top player starts going off on them for a couple of a couple of shifts. There's no need to worry that your next shift you're going to be put in your place. Go ahead, keep going off on this team because the Maple Leafs has got no answer for you. And I say that because one of the stats that is glaring for me is the fact that they are third in the league from the bottom. So 20, so was it 30 teams? that are 27th in the league for hits. And it's disgustingly small. It, they're at 945. Buffalo owns the reins on that. They're at 774. But then it's Detroit at 902. And then it's Toronto at 945. Yes. Like the top team for hits yes. has 1,520. That's surprisingly, that's the Senators. But that, that just goes to show you they're almost doubled what the Toronto Maple Leafs are. And that tells me that come playoff time, this team, all you got to do is push a little bit, and they got no answer for you, and that's not good. I, you know what? I will say this. The one guy that they need to get on that blue line, and maybe I'm a little bit partial to this guy, but they need Ben Sherratt. Oh, I, I, I mean, this conversation. dude, like, <laughs> they, 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 need, they need a guy like that on that blue line. They really do. I, I, you, you need somebody who's got some sandpaper, who's going to start yes. getting people out from in front of that net, yeah. and who's going to make life, who's going to make life a, a, a living hell for any opposing forwards that want to come in to anywhere near Campbell or anywhere in that defensive zone. I mean, and again, listen, uh, yeah, he's on my he's on my favorite team, and you know he's he did well for us last year during our run. I mean, I really do think, and and he's not going to be. Uh, um, uh, costing you an arm and a leg, either. I no. mean, in, in prote- potentially in draft capital, yes. I mean, in actual like dollars, dollar value and whatnot. So, right. I mean, I, I really do think, I really do think the the Leafs need something. But I mean, 
Look, I, I think they have what it takes to make a deep run. But sitting there yes. and thinking what they have what it takes and actually getting the job done, <laughs> yeah. which they which they've completely failed on for a number of years here. Yeah. Like they need to get over this hump. They really do. Well, I mean, I, if I if I can, I'm sorry, Mike, if I can interject. I mean, one of the yeah, one of the things that scares me, and because the Toronto fans have been loyal for so many years and been waiting for so long, um, you're you're absolutely right. Toronto needs to do something, and if I may, I, I'm just going to go over a little bit of some of the stats I've been working on. You've got six centers. Oh, look at this. Look at man, the man showed up. Good for you. You did your homework. No, but there's six this, eh? There's six centers in Toronto, okay? And let's just go over the month of February, just what? for the heck of it, okay? John Tavares has got no goals in February. Zero. Zero goals, okay, in February. And you've got uh, Kerfoot, who's got two goals in January. You've got the other center, Kemp, who's got four goals in the, in February. You got Spezza with two goals, and you've got Nylander with three goals. So when you count them all, one, two, wow. three, four, five, you count the five players. They've got between them, they've got eleven goals in, in eleven games in February. Okay. Now, obviously, I, I I'm not counting. Uh, Mitch Marner out of this because he's been he's had a hell of a, right. a hell of a month yeah. now yeah. and the other side of the reasons why I'm bringing this we're all talking about maybe Toronto needing something well uh, the one person and I don't, I don't know that he's going to be available uh, is getting Kadri back from Colorado Kadri Kadri no hang on hang on Oh, Cadre's on a contract here right now. What and a take! What he's a having, take! He's having he's having a, a phenomenal year, and if you I can think? just if I, if I can just give you some numbers, pretty first of all, wow, Cadre's going to be just thirty two in June. He's thirty one years old right now. He's just going to be thirty two now. On Colorado right now, believe it or not, when you have players like McKinnon, Rantanen, and, and uh, Langus Cog, and, and so on, Kadri right now is the top scorer in Colorado. Yeah, not by much, not by much. He's he's got one point more than Rantanen. Yeah, but several points more than McKinnon. Mind you, McKinnon has lost some time, mm -hmm. and uh, Langus Cog even even more than that. To begin with, Kadri never wanted to leave Toronto. He got true. Unfortunately, with him, what, what got him in poo poo was he was always gaining suspensions in the playoffs, which was not yeah not good. He would, but that that was because he would always play with such An emotion. You know, uh -huh. uh, that's the thing. So, anyways, and in, in, in looking at his contract. I'm, I'm talking about this because the deadline is coming up this month and, and or next next month in March. Colorado is going to have to make a decision. And from everything that I've listened to or read to so far, because you've got McKinnon coming up with a new contract next year. Um, oh, whoa. They, they just have just so many and so much space, cap space left. So it's not it's not a guaranteed thing, no matter how well 
Cadre's playing right now. It's not a guaranteed thing that Colorado is going to be able to afford them. So what's next? Trade. And to me, it would be awesome. Cadre's a center. Send him back to Toronto. Um, If you can imagine your top three lines, you've got Mitch Marner, John Tavares, (laughs) and Nathan Cadre for your centers on the top three lines. If you want Toronto to keep playing really well, bring back Cadre if you if you can. I don't know. That's that's just my take. And if he doesn't go to Toronto, my goodness, send him to Boston because Boston is really <laughs> pitiful. Okay, now hold on. We we don't want the show to completely go off the rails here. Okay, Ryan, like, let's just let's just like hold the boat here a little bit. Okay, so I get where you're coming from. And, and I can see the correlation a little bit here. The only issue is with Colorado being all in. I mean, this is a team that anybody and their dog knows is making an absolute 100% push for the Stanley Cup. So, listen, I, I, anything can happen. Any, anything can happen. <laughs> I just don't see them getting rid of Kadri, especially... With the way that he's he's been playing. Now listen, he definitely got some opportunity with McKinnon having injuries this year and being out of the lineup. And has taken full advantage of that. I just think that with where Colorado is at, with and, and with some of the points that you mentioned, McKinnon's contract coming up, they're going to have to re-sign and re-up him. I think they see this as one of the most complete teams that they may, may be able to have over the coming years here. And I have a funny feeling that, listen, again, again, anything can happen. And if you want to try and pry Kadri out of there, you go right ahead. I just think that this thing's going to start costing you A prospects, first round picks, um, which, which I, I don't know if really Colorado would want any first round picks. So now you're talking about players off of a roster. So, just so it's I, just, I don't disagree with you. I just don't know if Colorado can afford them. I don't think they care. I think that I think Mike's point is that they don't care this year if they can afford them or not because they're all in about winning the cup this year. It because they for well, they know <laughs> they, they they know they can't re sign them, right? Because they know McKinnon's the guy yeah, who's no. going to be signed, he's the big dog, he's going right. to get the money. So, they're just going right. to ride this out and basically. Uh, you know, where, where somebody else would maybe want Kadri as a rental. I think basically Colorado is just going to look at it and kind of twist it their own way. And he's going to be their own rental. He's already on the team. He's, he's ingrained in the lineup. So, but I mean, now listen, this could be something that maybe the Leafs try and look into. Listen, uh, you know, the Leafs, the Leafs have what they need in that room, but it's just now somebody's going to need to kind of step up and and you know take take that next step and own that team at the end of for me at the end of the day that's what it really comes down to so i do like i'm very giddy that my dad brought this to the table because this is a very my mic my mind got a little bit blown by the concept of like think of nazim coming back to the maple leaves like holy geez would that be awesome i i really do think there is something to be considered there i i don't think it's realistic and i don't think i don't even think you meant it to be as realistic as as anyone should take it i think you should take it as like just conversation and that's all it is because at the end of the day 
Colorado's not going to train Azeem. They're, they're going to try and win the cup with him. That is what's going to happen. However, you make a good point. You're not, you're going to lose them to, <clears throat> you're going to lose them to nothing. The hope is you don't lose them to nothing. The hope is you lose them to a Stanley cup, but that aside, there's, there might be something to dangle in front of Colorado to say, Hey, listen, you're going to lose this player no matter what. Here's a couple of pieces for your future. Let us have Nazim and, you know, we'll, we'll go our separate ways. So there, there's a conversation to be there. Maybe, um, how realistic is it? Probably not that realistic, but it was, it's very cool that you brought that to the table and I, and I appreciate it, but I have to disagree with you, Mike, to say that they have what it takes in that dressing room. They have what it takes to <laughs> maybe get past the first round. But I don't think they're done. They're 100% going to be doing something at the trade deadline to cinch up a few things, whether it be you know the bottom tier of their, of their uh, even strength uh, leads or well, uh, lines, either the third or the fourth, or something big like... Uh, like a, like a big player. I don't want to say a goalie. I've recently heard they're considering like Mark Andre Fleury or another goalie, which to me doesn't make any sense. I don't. Campbell's gonna figure it out. This is a bad stretch, and that's fine. Goalies are allowed to do that. Great goalies have Vesna Trophy Trophy winning uh, goalies have that in their seasons. It happens. It's not that big a deal. And then Campbell is actually doing it at the right time because by the time he breaks out of this little stretch, he'll get into a good run right before the playoffs. So there's nothing to worry about there. Maybe you want an upgrade from Morazic. That makes sense. That's fine. But Campbell is still your guy. But I, I do think there's another player or two out there that they should be considering either another JT because you can never have too many JTs. So this one would be from Vancouver. Um, Klinberg would be another one, which would actually be a great little filler in there on their D Forsberg's available as well out of Nashville. Um, so there's some other players to sort of fill in. I think Forsberg makes a lot of sense too. You have him on the third line, potentially on the second power play as well. I mean, that's a huge boost right there. So I do think Toronto does actually need that one, at least one extra piece to go past, not the first round. I, I think they're fine in the first round, but if they want to be serious cup contenders, they do need one, potentially two more pieces to get them to that Stanley Cup. I do think they're close, but I think they need that. And I don't think it's in the dressing room. Well, I, I, yeah, because... Having said that, especially the one that was, that was really, really surprising was John Tavares. Yeah. Having no goals whatsoever in the month of February. Having said that, um, he's got – he's played 50 games so far this year. Yeah. And he's got 48 points out of 50 games, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's by far not a, not a bad uh, no. stat. But when you consider – Zero goals in a month. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, it's going to tell management in Toronto, it's going to tell something because out of these, like I mentioned earlier, out of these six centers that Toronto has, yeah. when you've got 11 goals out of a month, you know, from your six centers, yeah, uh, you're in trouble, especially was- if you want to go. Especially if you want to go into the playoffs. That was the stat that brought that that made me the most interested in what you were talking about. That was the fact that if you looked at it specifically, you looked at their center situation and said, "Well, listen, Nazim is the centerman, and he's 
kind of tearing up the league right now. So if you want to do some serious uh, changes, you want to look down the road a little bit, you bring in you bring back Kadri. And I do like that. So, again, I, I do think it's slightly far-fetched, but uh, it was an interesting conver- It's an interesting conversation anyways. Listen, as long as he doesn't go to Montreal, that's all I care. <laughs> no chance. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about the Leafs, right, is that, like you have these great regular seasons and everything's honky-dory. Everything's great. You know, we're producing. We've got, uh, you know, Marners and Matthews playing great. You know, the Campbell thing comes around. He starts playing great this year. From a, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan's point of view, they're never like they're, they're certainly never. Uh, um, how can I, they're on edge? I mean, they're yeah. always completely on edge. I find, and and I mean, I'll talk a little bit. I'll I'll get giving things away a little bit here in regards to the oily hab segment. But I find both Edmonton and Toronto fans are kind of in the same boat right now. You've got teams have great offense, uh, you know, high octane hockey, you know, lots of goals, and. And both teams are expected to go to, to go deep into the playoffs, do well, do some damage, and just it's it's kind of a parallel universe for both of these teams, <laughs> where it's just that both fan bases are so on edge right now. Even though both of these teams are, you know, hey, listen, I'm sure there's plenty of other teams that like to be in both positions in the standings, uh, you know, be sitting where they are in playoff spots. But for both of those fan bases, I find it so interesting to watch that. I mean, they, there's just there always seems to be something on edge with both franchises, <laughs> and I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this trade deadline plays out for both uh, both teams because I mean, both have glaring needs, yeah. in particular on the defensive end. Uh, Edmonton's got the goaltending questions as well, but it'll just be it'll really be interesting to see how things play out, uh, and especially for me in Edmonton with uh, I I feel Holland's hands are pretty much tied in regards to the cap i i know that mu- the whole muzzin thing in toronto could potentially open things up a little bit cap space wise for them but i don't know it, it we'll see how we'll see what holland can can get done out there in edmonton but uh, i mean there's it's definitely going to be interesting to see here how these teams stock up here as they move towards the playoffs i'm gonna say one last thing about the toronto segment and then we can probably move on to the oily Habs segment um and that is because it was talked about a little bit earlier and I forgot and I just remembered. Um, the fact that JT didn't get a single point out of 10 goals. I know, man. Says a lot. Yeah. Like that, that's a problem. That is a massive problem for that line. Whoever was that line um, and whatever's well, going on with JT. Like, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys watched that game last night. I, I watched it. And what, what happened, it was no, um, the, I forget what what's the coach's name again. In in any event, uh, Keith. Okay, he Keith. Uh, he was juggling his line like I've never seen before. Last night, they're trying to get John Tavares out of that slump. They're trying to get um, Nylander. That's another one that's in the slump right now. Yeah. They're trying to get him out of the slump. Uh, but like look, was, look at like think of it this way from a coaching perspective if he was juggling him then he was doing him no good whatsoever Tavares played 16 just over 16 minutes 1603 okay <clears throat> then you mentioned the other one Nylander he played 1601 Nylander got one goal Matthews played 14 minutes 14 and a half minutes and he got four points Marner played 15 minutes and he got six points like they're just 
Yeah, they're just in a different place right now, which is great for Toronto. It really is. This is a, this is a great problem to have where you're trying to figure out John Tavares, who, again, is still at a close, very close to a point of game pace. He's just in a bit of a slump. And these are the times to have those slumps uh, where the Toronto Maple Leafs are comfortably in a, in a playoff spot. There's no need to concern yourselves with whether or not this team will make the playoffs. They absolutely will. They're... Biggest Achilles heel is always the first round. And again, Campbell's hit a rough stride lately. Massive rough stride. This is not good hockey. But this is the time to do it. You've got the games in hands to, to lose a few, and it's not going to make that big a difference for you on the standings. You're going to be fine. You're going to pull out of it. And Campbell will actually find his stride at the, at the time you really want him to. His confidence will get boosted by the fact that he was able to overcome the stride right before the playoffs. That's when you want him in that confidence zone. So this is actually a really good thing. You don't plan for this sort of thing. You don't actually want it. But this isn't horrible. This is nothing to worry about at all. And if you're concerned with Tavares, he will be fine too. And remember, Tavares is a different player altogether in the playoffs. Um, he, he's got that emotional edge with what happened to him last year too with the injury as well. Like It'll be nice to see him in the playoffs. And he does have that leadership capabilities, but not getting a point last night, that did bother me that the suggests to me something else it's either confidence or an injury hopefully it's confidence because you can kind of overcome that an injury if, if you're not dealing with it and you're still playing through it that could actually really be ugly in the playoffs so but anyways whatever it is i i do think he'll be fine as well good luck leaf fans <laughs> yeah. all right all right we're gonna <laughs> shift over the oily hab segment now um and uh, uh, if i can't uh, oh. Sorry, yeah. Just bef just just before we do, okay. Uh, I just got another trade announcement that just <laughs> mother got of God. What are you doing? Oh, oh no, 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 sakes. no, 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 no. Where's this is not going to This is not going to impact me. It's going to impact Joel. I'm just trying to get some of those picks that I've lost next year. I'm just trying to get them back. So I get All back. Right. I get back my third round pick for next year. Okay. okay. And uh, from Joel, <laughs> from Joel, and he's getting Bergeron. Uh, are you? Uh... Uh, 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 I the way I'm going with these trays, and I'll, uh... I wouldn't be able to protect them anyway. So, <laughs> so I got one okay. thing back. All right. Okay, let's move on. Ron, so I know who on. your favorite Ron, son no, is. Uh, That's obvious now. Yeah, that is very obvious. Thanks. Jeez. What are you not talking even, about? Not even going to have a conversation with anybody else. You're just going to do My a straight God. up third for Patrice. Maybe I was going to give you. You know more. what, Marty? You know what? What? What's up? You Mike? know what, yeah, Marty? I, I got. I, I got. I got to admit, I'm starting to feel like I don't even. I'm not even a son no, anymore. I, am I even part of the, am I even part of this so. family? Nope, me neither. Let's what go start this family. What? You know what? What are you guys you worried about? I just checked. I just Ber checked. Bergeron is I just on checked his, my ID. Bergeron's on his way out. I'm sorry, guys, but he's I don't not know producing. Oh. No, yeah, he's not producing with Marshawn or Pasternak. No, you don't want that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Listen, what I will say, what I will say is this: Joel has very, very sneakily improved his team by leaps and bounds if if for no other reason he's filling in oh, some yeah. gaps that could potentially arise oh, yeah. well and also but stopping us from getting, getting anything well well yeah 
I mean, I'll mark on I'll mark in, in nets. So now he's got a little safety net there, and it, it's on a great great team. Carlson was playing pretty well. I mean, he wasn't a point of game by guy, but I think he's at like very close. I don't know 20, very close. 20, 26 and twenty six and thirty six or something like that. And then he gets Bergeron, top line Boston. Oh my God! This is after getting Eichel. All right, Eichel was like reactivated, yeah. right? Oh, so yeah. this is after yeah. getting that. So that's what he needs. He needs Allmark, and he needs Bergeron after getting Eichel. Yeah, let's all help the guy who's about to win another championship. What like his well, fifth? Well, hang last on, hang years. on. First of all, you you traded Bergeron. Me? Uh, I didn't I, trade Bergeron. To me, you did. No, I didn't. I never had Bergeron. Talking about oh, somebody Lord. else did. It's not All me. Right. <laughs> well, nice I will say though. I will say this. We we talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about the deadline, and um, I I mean Joel was kind of a snake in the grass back then. Was... Eichel still hadn't come back, and you know what? Like uh... he's gonna. He, he's going to be making a huge push here the last nine weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, Mike. He's definitely look out, made Mike. some ast- astute trades. I know, he's man. Coming for you. I know. It's coming fast too. This is not Ron. Anytime that you're on the program again, you need to make sure that you get these trades taken care of, and you need well, to text first us of all, before the, the only, show. The only reason why I traded Bergeron now was because by acquiring hints, I had to drop a player. I get you. So rather rather than drop a player, I Shut traded up. one Shut away up. for a draft. I don't pick. care. Stop it. <laughs> you helped the eldest. I don't care. Joel's older. Clearly he's your oh, favorite. God. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, okay. Like Joel hasn't to... won it enough. That uh, I it... have never won this damn thing. I have Marchand. Of All course, right. I want Bergeron. <laughs> All right. All right. Tempers. Have we got it all out of our system? I, I don't know. Are, are you good, Marty? Right. I'm, I'm good. Right. I, I think I'm okay. Right. I may have another small right. rant later in the show, whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Out. Oily Habs. O- o- oily Oily Habs. Habs. Oily Habs. Yeah. Marty? So, all right. Funny. So, when it... For the Oily Habs segment, I do want to, like, listen, okay, Carolina, the game tonight, I'll get into it, actually. No, let me start from the start. Okay, so what happened this past week, and I kind of need to talk about what I mentioned last week, it was important for them to do, they were going to face three of the top teams in the league last uh, this coming week with Tampa, Florida, and Carolina. This was a big test for them because they had that winning streak and everyone got, oh, look, it's this new coach. It's all pretty. It's all shiny, and it's the it's garbage. It's all smoke and mirrors, folks. <laughs> Don't fall for it because if if you are, you're going to be heartbroken. Um, so, but let's just go through it a little bit. So they lost to Florida. Uh, no, sorry, they won to Florida. They actually beat them four to three. Uh, but they 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 needed to to show that they could hang out with Tampa and Carolina. So it's great that they won. But honestly, Bobrovsky just he's the one who lost the game for Florida more than the Oilers won the game. So don't get too excited with that. They still let in three goals. It's it's not great. And they won, they scored four. That's fine. But they lost to Tampa. And honestly, a 5-3 score doesn't tell the whole story. They were never in it goal-wise. But they did play an okay game. They actually outshot the Lightning 30-23. to And, uh, you know, that 23 shots on goal really is impressive because holding Tampa to 23 shots on goal means a lot. Tampa's a really good team. But this just goes to show you exactly why they need good goaltending. So, Because to let in five goals on 23 shots is pathetic. 
Like you can't have that. If you want to hang with the top, you can't let in five goals on 23 shots. It's never, you're never going to be considered a part of the top if that's what you're doing. Again, so today they kind of showed the other side of that though with Carolina. So they, they lost to Carolina, what was it, 2-1? Um, yeah. they, they, they showed that, and, and Smith showed up to this game. They showed, of what, they showed what kind of team they could be if they had consistent goaltending. They could hang with the top ones. They could. If they, imagine if they had this kind of goaltending every single night where they could hold a team like Carolina to just two goals and just lose 2-1. You're not going to lose every game like that throughout the season. You're actually, because you're too offensively gifted, you're going to lose a game 2-1, but you're, if you can hold them consistent, you're going to win a game 3-2 or 4-2 because you're just that strong offensively. But this is just another reason to be frustrated. I just look at this as all being bad. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, again, you beat Florida, but Bobrovsky's been playing bad lately. So, again, you didn't really win. They kind of lost it. And you play great against Carolina, which is something to hold your hat on. But it just it's it's more reason to be frustrated. So all of this in the mix, plus they got a loss to Tampa where, you know, they, they did great to hold them in 23 shots, but they let in five. Like, it goes to show you this team is just all over the freaking place and you've got no reason to be excited. And it's just another wasted season. It's year seven of Connor McDavid and it's another lost season because you're, you're not starting a dynasty. It's the only thing to do with a guy who's that good is you start a dynasty and you're nowhere near that still in year seven. So sorry, but nothing, sh everything shiny about this is still shit. A silk hat on a pig is still a pig. So I'm done with them. And I have been for a while. I think it's pretty obvious. Go out and get a goalie tomorrow. Who cares? Who cares? It ain't going to change anything. Go out and get Marc-Andre Fleury. He could stand on his head. It won't make a lick of difference because he's not coming back next year. And you're right back into the same issue. So it means nothing now. It's too little too late. Well, I mean, in regards to that Carolina game, yeah. listen, I mean, uh, you know, the, to taking the positives out of the game and everything, and that's all fine and dandy. But if we're looking at this from a an Edmonton Oilers fan's point of view, I, I don't, I don't want uh, moral victories, man. No. Like, 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 like you're saying, and I'm, and and sure. you know what? What it really comes down to, and, and none of us really know how McDavid is feeling in regards to what he wants. Uh, you know, does he want to stay with the the organization? Does he want to leave if things don't get better? Whatever the case is. Like you're saying, Marty, I mean, we're, we're getting pretty deep into his career with the Edmonton Oilers here. And at, everybody knows at some point the player is going to want to win championships. So if that's not going to happen in Edmonton, I have to move on. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying this is happening tomorrow. I'm not saying this is happening next year or the year after. All I'm saying is that we're at a point right now where, you know what? I watched a game myself this afternoon, and they did play a good hockey nice. game. But they didn't win the hockey game. Nope. So it, it's not to be hard on the Edmonton Oilers, but where that team is at, where the fan base expects them to be at, and Marty, you've, done, you've talked about it as an Edmonton Oilers fan yourself all year. You've been, you've been holding these guys up to a standard of where they should be at this time with these players that are part of that club. And they're just not there. So... I mean, there's a lot of pressure on this team. There's a lot of pressure on that goaltending. As everybody knows, that that's that is the Achilles heel. So <laughs> for me, 
listen, they, they, they played a great game. It's, it's well and good that they played a great game. But like you're saying, Marty, we're kind of at a, a, a crosswords here where it's like, okay, you know, Holland, you just you have to do something to give these guys some help. I don't know how what form that's going to come in. I don't know who's coming through the doors, but he needs to try to give these guys something. Because, I mean, even the goaltending all on its own can be fairly demoralizing for the rest of that team. So, I mean, Ron, what, what's your take on that? How are you feeling about this? Well, you know, it's, you're absolutely right. Because you, you, you take away, uh, you've got Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. Other than that, go down the roster of that team. They've got nothing. And it's, it's, it is a question, uh, how long is, uh, especially McDavid, um, he's been at this for a long time now. He's been craving that Stanley Cup for a long time. Um, the big question is, is he, is he going to want to wait out with Edmonton? Or is it one day is he going to wake up and say, all right, that, enough is enough. I'm I'm out of here. I'm going to go for a contender because I'm looking at their roster right now and with the amount of players and the points and the games played and all that kind of stuff. And you look at, I mean, they've got uh, McDavid right now has got 75 points. Dry Saddle's got 74. Do you know who the next highest player is on that team? It's Nugent Hopkins with 37 points. Seven goals. Seven goals. That's it. And then it, it gets worse from there. Oh, much worse. So what? So what help is there? Um, I, I thought this year was going to be like uh, for Edmonton. I thought they were going to turn the corner uh, this year, but they're obviously not. And when you look at their uh, at their roster, there's a there's a good look at the Duncan Keith who they just got last year. He's got 14 points out of 35 games. Evander Kane, who just came in, he's played 14 games. He's got five goals and five assists. That's that's not bad. But then you look at Kyle Turris, who's played 22 games. He's got one goal and three assists for four points. I mean, come on, guys. I don't even know. Is, look, he still, look. is he even still with the club? I don't think so. I don't even I, think Turris is still think, with that club, is he? He may be not. Yeah, he may be gone by now. But regardless, when you look at the rest of the – look at the lineup in there. They, they, they need trades. They need pick. I don't know what they need, but – they're not going anywhere, not with this team this year. They might, and I'm happy you went there, Dad, because they might need an overhaul, and, and which is, oh boy, what a tough pill to swallow that would be. Um, because you know we've 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 been preparing for a dynasty, not a rebuild. So if all of this is just to get to another rebuild, that's a massive loss, which they cannot afford. So, but I, I also want to point out the fact that so the pieces they brought in to fix things, right? Outside of the, the fact that they never brought in anything for goaltending, the pieces they brought in to fix, Zach Hyman, who does have 19 goals. Okay, so that is actually really good. There's some benefit there. Hyman is in the first year of that contract. I do think that is their only signing that makes sense still today and in the future, because I believe it was a seven year deal. This is actually still a very good deal with a different coach. So there's nothing lost there. But Nugent Hopkins, the re-signing of him, I think that was a big mistake. And that's going to continue to bite them in the ass because that's money spent on someone who can't score goals. Um, Tyson Berry, that's another one. Money poorly spent. 
Duncan Keith, another one, money poorly spent. Even Nurse kind of took a step back this year. But a lot of this has to do with the fact that they waited so long to make a coaching change. Had they, if, if, if they would have made this coaching change in December at the tail end of their six-game losing streak, which was their second one at that point, that would have been a turning, that could have been a turning point for them. Because Mike at one point even mentioned how the turning point for them could have been that game that they beat uh, Calgary, which was, Calgary, it was yeah. around the same time where they were sort of uh, either at the tail end or the beginning of or tail end or beginning stages of that sixth game. It's, it's tough to remember right now because time is so weird. But anyways, regardless, it was all around the same time. Had they actually done a, a coaching change around that same time where they would have brought in Woodcroft at the same at the at that time, I think you would have seen a better reaction from the players time for chemistry to build and this is again trying not to fix the actual issue which is goaltending so if if you go into this not fixing the goaltending because you can't because there's nothing available to you and you can't do it because of cap space then you go at this way with the coaching where you change the coaching you bring you bring in a new philosophy that can adapt to bad cold goaltending that maybe you've got more defensive um, accountability and your offense kind of picks up the, the, the slack a little bit more because why not? Why not lean on your offense just a little bit more? And that would have made at least a little bit more sense than the way they rolled out with whatever the heck this is, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is a clusterfuck. This, is, this makes no sense anymore at all. Where we're at today, because what are you going to do? You're going to go out and get a goalie to, because they're in the playoffs right now. You, you got to get a rental goalie for now. To what? To make it past the first round? Maybe get past the second round if you're lucky. And that's as far, that's really, that really is as far as you're getting. What is the point of trying to do anything now in your nets? I don't think there's any point in it whatsoever. This season is lost. You might still make it to the playoffs, great, but this is not the point. This team is not about making the playoffs. This team is now about making or winning the Stanley Cup. And if you're hold, if you're going to make a trade because you're holding on to the eighth spot, guess what? This is a lost year, and it is like it, it's it's a foregone conclusion in my opinion and several other Oilers fans. This season is lost. C'est tout fini. The bigger question is what happens next year. If you keep this team, okay, I'm fine with that. Keep this team the way it is. Contracts are what they are. That's okay. But you got to loosen. You got to lose something to fix that glaring hole in nets because you've done something with the coaching staff. You've got a new philosophy, keeping the same players. Okay. Why? Fine. Whatever. But you need to do something in nets because if you don't, could you imagine if we're still having this conversation next year? Imagine if nothing happens and this is it for next year. This is what it is. We've still got Mike Smith. We still got Koskinen and we still got um, uh, Skinner. Imagine this is it next. Oof. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah, painful. Well, well, I mean, the one thing I will say, I, as you were kind of talking, Marty, it, it kind of got me thinking a little bit here. How how has their draft record been? So, I'm taking a quick look at things here for the Edmonton Oilers draft history, and this is over. I'll start. I'll actually start with the years where they brought in uh, they brought in uh, Drysital, third overall, 
In 2014, McDavid follows that up the next year, first overall in 2015. They take Pugliarvi fourth overall in 2016. They take Yamamoto Uh. at 22nd overall in 2017. In 18, they take Evan Bouchard at 10. They take Broberg at 8 in 2019. And in 2020, they grab Dylan Holloway at 14th overall. 22nd overall, they grabbed Xavier Burgo in uh, 2021. Now listen, there are some some pieces that are playing on that club right now. But my point basically with this is that they unfortunately have not supplied their farm system with enough players to kind of continue to have that swell come up from the minor leagues, right? Now look. Yeah. Everybody goes through bad drafts. Every team is going to go through periods where they just don't hit. But you got to be able to hit on a little something here and there, though, right? Like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it really quickly here. You know, they've got guys like Orion McLeod's playing for them right now. Evan Bouchard playing for them right now. You know, Stuart Skinner was a pickup in 2017. But there are some some glaring holes. They've they've missed on some goaltenders that they've that they've tried to go after and. It hasn't kind of panned out, but I mean, that's something with the way that team is built and with the amount of money that's going to Dreisaitl and, and McDavid, you got to be able to funnel <coughs> some of these players from your from your yeah. uh, uh, your farm system. So it's definitely something that maybe doesn't get talked about enough, but they do need to make a few more hits in regards to their draft record too. I think Skinner can eventually fill that gap. I do. He's actually, he is actually their best goalie uh, record. wise. not sorry. Not wins losses. Um, and in, in the system, in the system, he's yeah, the best they got. He's, he's two sixty two nine thirteen. That's great. Like if you can start 20, 40 games, we'll say 30 then. Um, and your record ends at two sixty two nine thirteen. That's you've got yourself a starting goalie. Excuse me. That's not where he is right now. Skinner isn't that goalie this year. It's not going to happen. Maybe what happens this year is that he gains from that experience. And next year, he kind of does a Jake Odinger where he's not there at the beginning, but comes rolling in later and finds a groove and becomes your, your everyday starter. And that's how it happens. Listen, you can cross your fingers on that and hope for it, but you still need someone behind him to make sure you're winning those games. It's not Mike Smith and Koskinen you need to trade. So I think what you end up doing is you got to go out and <laughs> I mean, it's just to take it from Odinger again, maybe you do go out and get, um, uh, wow. Holpe. Uh, maybe you bring Holpe in and you help Skinner because Holby found a groove in Dallas. He found a purpose and he was playing really well for a stretch. But I don't think you can lean on Holby the way you used to when he was in Washington. But what if you brought him in to help Skinner? And because he's all so, so much more experience. And I know Mike Smith's been around the league a lot, but he doesn't have the playoff experience, doesn't have the honestly, doesn't have the pedigree that, that Holby does. And Holby is still young ish, I mean, he's only 32, I believe. So you can get a couple of serviceable years out of him. and But more importantly, you're helping Skinner along. Maybe that's the tandem. I'll be honest, if that's, you know, because there's several layers to this that Edmonton can do. If that's what they ended up doing, I'd actually be very confident with that. And I will say this at the very least, way more confident than going into this year with Koskinen and Mike. And I know at the beginning of the season, I said I felt Koskinen was going to find his groove and he was... 
if anything, I, I, I was maybe kidding myself. I felt that that's what was going to have to happen in order to get the Oilers into serious playoff contenders. And because it didn't, the whole thing fell out from underneath of them. And no shock, really. So they need to get rid of Koskinen, get rid of Smith, bring in somebody like Holby, help out Skinner to eventually, in two years from now, become your starter. And hopefully Skinner continues on this path. And that kind of makes sense to me as a, as a plan of action. I'm sure organizationally the Oilers are definitely hoping that Skinner or somebody can step up to the plate. And at, you know what I mean? So they don't have to go outside the organization to find this because that's going to end up costing them Too in much. regards to some sort of draft capital or players or whatever the case may be. So I agree. All right. So let's move yep. on to my father's favorite team in the world, Montreal Canadiens, because there's a i won't be sleeping well tonight i know what oh, you know what you can put it on mute you can put it on mute for the next five minutes if you want there <laughs> feel free hey five in a, so listen, five in a row there mike you're going hey that's when I, that's what i'm that was a, what i was going to start with I did not see myself saying this in particular with the type of year that this team has had, but Ron is correct. Yep. And if I did hear this correctly on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, I think it's their first five-game winning streak since 2016. So oh. not only is it like their biggest serious? winning streak like this year. Are you serious? I, yeah, it's been, a co- it's, been, it's been a couple of years. And they made so, the playoffs wow. last year. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I'm 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 happy I'm happy at the way they're playing. They're playing, you know, they're playing obviously loose. There's nothing to play for. They're not making the playoffs. So <laughs> they're going in there. There's there's not a lot of pressure. It's playing with a ton of confidence and a ton of swagger. And I got I gotta say one thing. <laughs> I'm watching Overdrive, and Marty, you've heard uh, Scott and I talk about this program. So when it. Marty St. Louis came on to uh, a press. He was doing a press conference after one of the games and mentioned he was the team was playing with a lot of swagger. So, of course, Jeff O'Neill comes on to the overdrive and he's like, what is he talking about swagger, this and that and the other thing? The team's in, like, last place in the league. Now, listen, <laughs> when we're talking about swagger, guys, we're, talk, we're, we're, talking, we're not talking about a swagger that, hey, yeah. the Montreal Canadiens are going are gonna to make the playoffs no, and, no, and no, no, no. do damage in, in, in the stand. We're talking about a swagger that this team has in regards to, hey, we can actually still play hockey again. We haven't we haven't forgotten how to be hockey players here. They are playing with a lot of confidence. And with that, of course, comes that swagger, right? Yeah. Now, look, they're not walking around there thinking that they're going to be knocking down Tampa yeah. Bay's door oh, or anything, say, right? say that. But, in regards, say that, in, but one of my buddies there actually made the, the comment that he's going to no. go out and, and buy his lawn chair and get it settled down no. on St. Catherine Street for the next... Uh, this 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 spring. Wow! Tell them to stop well, drinking it, during it, the day. That's not okay. That's not right. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, he he he's well in his right to say that after about oh I don't know half a case of Bud yeah, Light. You but are. you know what I mean, yeah. like yeah. But but listen, as as a Hobbs fan, you're happy with the way they're playing. I mean, it's kind of an oxymoron, right? Because although I'm happy with the way they're playing, I don't want them winning hockey games because no. I want the high draft pick, right? Yeah. So, listen, I'm happy for the team. I'm happy, happy for the boys. They're playing well. St. Louis has obviously had 
Uh, and you can't take it away from him nope. anymore. It's not just it's not just some little coaching bump. No. Okay, maybe the coaching you can say that maybe from the coaching side, but where I'm going with this guys is there has been a culture shift in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, whether that's been the breath of fresh air because you're bringing in these new people, uh, whatever it is, there is a, a shift that is happening in Montreal, and it's a more positive shift. And that, as a fan, I'm just happy to see that right now. I mean, with what with what St. Louis is doing with Cole Caulfield, and uh, to me, it, it's as simple as him just leaning over the kid's shoulder and saying, "You didn't forget how to play hockey. You were the fifteenth overall pick in the NHL draft for a reason. Go out there and play hockey." And I think you know they were talking about it a little bit on the broadcast last night. I think St. Louis basically come in there and said, "Listen, like." We're not looking at Cole Caulfield to become this great defensive player along with his offense. We know what we went out and got him 15th overall for. It's to score goals. So go out there and score goals. Like, Marty St. Louis is not coming in there expecting this guy to have a plus 20. Yep. You know what I mean? That's... Like, he's looking, he's, he's looking for Cole Caulfield to go out there and put the puck in the back of the net. We got we'll we'll eventually have the guys that can do the defensive stuff. Mm-hmm. We got we picked you to put the puck in the back of the net, and it's obviously ha- having an effect on Cole. I mean, look at the way the kid has played here over the past ten games, yeah. twelve games. He's at he's at a point a game. So I mean, it's not just this small little five game no. uh, segment where he's gone off. You're starting to get into a 12, 15 game segment here, where you know, okay, maybe it's a hot fifteen game segment too, but. You start getting into a little bit of a larger sample size here. and 15 you know, games isn't really a hot streak. 15 games is a sample size of what this kid could be down the road. Yeah, exactly. All the best yeah. players in the league go, you know, 5, 10, 15 games stretches, and then they'll go through a quiet stretch. So it's great to see. It's, it's all obviously working in his favor. So... Like you said, St. Louis deserves all the credit for just allowing them to play the game, which is what he said he was going to do in that press conference. He said, I, I don't believe in having one system and everybody buy into it. I believe in allowing the players to explore their talents on the ice within that system. I'm paraphrasing and I'm kind of changing it a little bit, but that's more or less what he was saying because without a system, there is a system. But within that system allows for flexibility and creativity, which I think is what the NHL is nowadays. Again, it's great to see that St. Louis understands this team, understand what he was getting involved in, and took the reins and said, listen, this is how this team is going to move forward, uh, especially in a year like this. Like, like we've said this before too, like, I think, honestly, one of the best gifts you can be given in terms of a coach and a team is almost a team that has no, not sorry, not no identity, but a team that has nothing to lose. Because a team that has nothing to lose in this league really seems to be the type of team that kind of runs away with it, at least at one point or another. Because look at Los Angeles. Look at Anaheim. I know Anaheim has kind of fallen out of sorts. They're kind of maybe the... They're coming back down to earth a little bit, and that's a different story there. But uh, same thing with Nashville. Um, but like these are teams that had nothing to lose coming into the season and, and turned that around. Montreal, again, not going to make the playoffs, and they shouldn't be, and this is good. <laughs> but they're they're finding they're <laughs> they're they're fi- <laughs> thanks, Ed. They're finding their place regardless when it is, and they're they're kind of getting into a groove that 
really is exciting. I, I again, there's they're not going to make the playoffs, so it's weird to say that there's something to be excited about, but there really is. St. Louis really seems to be a perfect fit in there. Maybe Le Cavalier does something that we don't know about or has already done it. And these kids are starting to really come into form because they've got nothing to lose. This may have been the perfect thing that you want. Well, you know what, Marty? We talked about it a few weeks ago, too. And I think the one thing that maybe, well, I mean, to, to any, any hockey fan like the three of us, I mean, we notice it and we see it and we read about it. But it's them going off the board, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about them uh, not having anything to lose. Okay, so what do they decide to do in regards to a head coach after letting Ducharme go? They go completely off the board. I don't even think, I don't even think several people in, 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 in hockey circles would have even come up with that. And, they, and, you know, they bring St. Louis in there. He changes the culture, gives the boys a bit of a different feeling. And, I mean, look at where they even went for their GM position. Now, I, I we've talked about this before as well, Marty, and... I, I don't know where that, that structure is uh, internally. Is it really Gorton running the show and basically yeah. they have and basically they have Hughes there to take care of the French speaking things, right? With the yeah. idea that two and three years down the road Hughes takes over after he gets yeah. his feet wet, right? So but mm-hmm. the nice thing about it is they have gone outside of the box with a lot of yeah. their hires here recently from uh, I mean, even Gorton, I think, was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, when he when he took the position, I mean, you got Hughes was Possibly. was off the board. Hughes was off the board. Le Cavalier yeah. was a bit off the board in regards to yeah. you know him coming into the system, and of course Marty St. Louis too. So I mean, look, yeah. they were in a situation where they they you know they're playing with with house money. So you know you bring in Marty St. Louis. We talked about him. Um, I think yeah. that. Listen, if it doesn't work out, great. You you move on from him at the end of the year. You bring somebody yeah. else in. It certainly looks to me like if he wants the position, he's sticking around next year. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, and 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 it's a copycat league, right? So where does this go <laughs> for other teams down the road here when they need to make changes? So it it, it will That's be interesting point. to That's see. That's a very good point. I mean. I'm ha- like I said, I'm happy for the boys, happy that the team's playing well because it's just a little bit of a yeah. happier environment for those players to be in. You know, I kind of hope they don't do too well here over the course of the you know, Start trading guys so that we, we, we lose some players <laughs> off. We, you know, let, let go of Petrie, get, get that first round for Shabbat, uh, oh. for um, Shabbat. Yeah, okay, hold on. I, I object. I object. Oh, of course gonna, you do. Anything that's going to make Montreal Canadian better team, I'm against it. Yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. You're not on the show. Then. Hey, Ron, you're not on the show next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, oh, I, I, my God. I do think that there's actually, as a result of what you're seeing right now, there is another thing that you need to be excited about for the very near future in that as a result of what's been going on, I think Carey Price stays. For the rest of his career, I think he finishes. I think he comes back healthy. Hopefully, he Absolutely. doesn't play at all this season. Absolutely, he does not play the rest of the season. He waits until next year, <clears throat> and now you've got yourself something pretty damn special. If this team can play like this next year, pick up some pieces in the off season, and you've got Carey Price at full health, oh boy! Yeah, look and out! No, I, you have your rebuild went from two to three years to half a season like that's impressive the only thing that concerns me as a Habs fan is where is Carey Price's health mm-hmm. because and, and and look I've been I've been obviously as a fan 
I've been keeping a close eye on this thing. And the one thing that I can say for sure is we're not really hearing a lot. Oh, and, and I'd say over the course of the last, what, couple months here, couple two, months, three months, yeah. it's, it's been, re it's been really quiet. I think and that's on that purpose No, I agree. Cause I, I think Kerry Price is a very private person. It, it, it's, 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 but it, but, in regards to the team giving an update on his injury, which which they've normally done, like they they've always been pretty tight to the vest with Carey Price's yeah. injury, or or injuries over the course of the years. But when I say we haven't gotten a Pete, like, yeah. like wh wh where where are we at with this guy? Like what's going on, man? I I look like, at the, I honestly I look at that as being not only strategic but a good thing. Um, who what do cares? You, what do you think is happening, Mike? Well, it, it's the thing of it is is. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this has, I think it has to do with, um, I think it has to do with the knee, but I'm not 100% sure, okay? The, 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 the question that I have is, we, we're, we're not getting a lot of information from the, the team. Now, I, I understand, like, that, you know, they're, they're not going to let, they're not going to divulge maybe everything, but it's been so quiet here over the past number of months. It, are things going in the right direction? Is there something that we need to be concerned about? Of course, they're not going to let you know that, right? But for me, it's just, I, I find it's been overly quiet in regards to his injury over the, over the course of the past few months here. And I'm just wondering, has there been a setback in regards to this injury? Because I know there has been a setback this year in regards to said injury. And and again, I you know what? I mean, I could have to double check to make, even make sure it is the knee. I don't I, I don't know if it's a hip. I I I was pretty sure the hip was rask. Uh so I I'm pretty sure the knee is with with price, but uh, again, like I say, I just find it's been really quiet. I I'm Listen, where what are we I, at with the guy? what I'm going to this take it for what it is. Take it with a grain of salt because it's not necessarily hockey related. But Understand that right around the same time things went quiet on the on anything having to do with Carrie Price was around the same time his wife or girlfriend, I don't know, was getting into some hot water on Instagram or on social media, we should say, for openly supporting like like enthusiastically supporting the truckers convention the the anti-mask the anti-vax all that kind of stuff she was getting into some hot water a lot of people were saying can we shut up his girlfriend or wife or whatever can we do something about it so and then price hadn't said anything and then it was around that same time that literally everything went silent having to do with carrier price it was a very good chance that the reason you're not hearing anything about Carey Price for so long is to let that sort of die down before they come back with some sort of an update. Because Price himself hadn't said anything. And it got to a point where people are like, he needs to answer for her. Then the, the argument was like, no, she's her own person. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. But he needs to show that he supports one thing over another. And then so that argument started on social media. That was literally the last we had heard of anything in regards to Carrie Price in terms of anything being blown out into social media. So I think maybe there's a connection there as to why you haven't heard anything, injury or not. Because his injury is injury. It's not like it's going to get better. He's eventually going to be fine. There's actually been a couple of movements here and there. But I don't think if I was Montreal... 
price, you go away for the rest of the year. You're not playing this year. There's no, there's no point whatsoever in him playing this year. Go away. Your wife made some noise we don't that we don't need. You go away for the rest of the season. Then we start showing uh, snippets in the offseason of you getting into game shape, getting ready, getting 100% healthy, getting excited about next year. Back that up with what Marte Celanui is doing. You don't want to infringe on that. You want to leave that grow and get the excitement going, make sure the fan base stays excited and enthusiastic. That's what's happening. Keep that momentum going and don't disrupt any of that with anything having to do with carry price or anything. Because if what, what do you, let's say there's a, there's a step, there's a setback in his injury. Show that out to the fan. Like, what are you going to do? Now you got this huge question mark. Well, what are we going to do for next year for a goalie? We need to go out and get a goalie. Carry price is no good anymore. So, no, let it all go away on its own and just enjoy what the show is right now because it's positive. So, just to clear it up, I'm, I just brought up a, uh, an article from the Montreal Gazette. It is a uh, a knee injury. Uh, he had surgery last okay. last July to repair a torn meniscus in his knee. Um, I went on to read a couple of things here as well. There have been uh, a couple of setbacks in regards to his rehab in in regards to the knee. Um, and as of this article, which was two days ago in the Montreal Gazette, he will not be skating for another week. So. Let's add in a couple of days. You're probably looking at about another five, yeah. five to six days from right now before he starts skating. So, <laughs> like you're saying, so he's not playing this. So year. I mean, uh, yeah, this is just a rehab. There's absolutely no reason for him to play this year unless the guy at some, and the and, and I, I've said this on the program too, Marty. If the guy comes to you and he is literally ready to play a hockey game, like I mean, really ready to play a hockey game, uh, an NHL hockey game, and he comes to you and says, "Listen, I want to get in a couple of games before the year's out." Okay, that's fine. Whatever. If he comes to you and wants to do that, that's fine. Yeah, but, that's different. But in all that's reality, they different. should shut him down. Uh, let him rehab the rest of the. the rest I would of even him. if he was to do that. I would even come back and say, "Listen, dude, you're playing one period. That's it. I wouldn't run the risk of getting him injured again oh, and yeah. re-aggravating either the knee or something else. I'd be like, dude, fine. Let's get you in for one period, but that's it. They get the fans excited, you know, for next season. You know, you're looking great. You made you go in for one period. Let's say they get hot and you make 15 saves. Great. Let's end it there, and that's fine. It helps you. It helps the team. But that's it, because I would not run. A, could you imagine you put him into a game, last game of the season, and he gets injured in the third period? Like, uh, or what worse, a waste that would be. Or worse, they score five goals on him. What's that, that going to do? Or nothing. You know, first so, confidence. Like, it's wow. not. It's not necessary at all. And I think again, I think the way you play this is the way I laid it out. You, you shut him down for the season, but Mike, like you said, if he comes to you and says, Listen, I want to play, and you say you get to play for one period, and that's it. If you go in for one period and you let in the first two goals, you're coming out. Oh, I, w- I wouldn't. If, like, that, if that was the case, I wouldn't even put him in. I'd just let him sit out the rest of the year. Just let him sit it out. Yeah, well, I've oh, had yeah. two. And, yeah. but if, and you if know what? he's like adamant, then that's different. And, and, and I mean, to go back to the top, listen, if this guy comes back, and he is, listen, I don't think we're ever going to see Carey Price at 100%. I just don't think that's ever going to happen again. We're never going to yeah. see him at his peak. You don't but think if so? You can get a guy, no way. If you get a guy that comes back, though, though, Ron, and he's 
You know what? If he's 90% of what Carey Price was at his peak or 85% of what Carey Price was at his peak, I'll take that not a problem. If he wants yep. to continue to play for a team that is going to be... Listen, at, at the very least, guys, this is a retool. Like, at the very least. And in my personal opinion, <clears throat> yeah. we've talked about it in previous weeks, Marty. I actually think that this is going to be more of a rebuild. I think they're going to, you know, I don't know if they're going to go scorched earth, but I mean, I think a guy like a Josh Anderson could end up sticking around. Uh, I would hope that they could move <laughs> a guy, a guy like, uh, I would hope that, no, I actually don't mind it. I actually don't mind really? it. I mean, he's at, well, he's at a contract of under 6 million. Oh. He's at, I think he's at 5.25. And uh, I mean, Clarkson you, you, and a half right there. But, but the thing of it is though, Marty, is you have to have, NHL bodies playing hockey. Oh, like I agree. You have to, I agree. Somebody's somebody's going to stick around, and it's not like this guy's making eight million dollars a year here. You know, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's five point two five that he's making. Yes, there's a lot of term on it, but you know what? Then great, he's going to be here for the long haul. So he's going to be here through the couple of rough years to when we make the turn to whatever. You know what I mean? So I don't mind that. He's but five and a half. He, so I mean, there. You know, like that's I can swallow that. Like you, you, you know, if if there's a taker form, and hey, it, and can sorry, it, can we just be clear that you can you're gonna swallow it because it is what it is and it's done and it's in the past, or you can swallow it if this is the first if they've they've approached you and this is the proposal starting next year. Do you take this contract well, starting next year? I'll tell you exactly why I can swallow this, and it's not hard to do. One, it's five point five million. The guy's not making what some of these guys are making out there: seven, seven, five, eight, eight, five, nine, nine, five. Okay, so he's on now. The term may be a little bit longer than what they want, but Josh Anderson, in the right situation, can still get you thirty goals for a, a guy getting you thirty goals for five point five million a year. I'll take that. Thank you very much. You like just he, said the key word, though. You said in the right situation. Do you think this is a situation where Josh Anderson can score 30 no, no. goals? Well, next I'll, year. I'll, Imagine well, next year is the first year of this term at five and a half. You think he scores I, 30 goals? What I will say right now is if we're talking about Josh Anderson, the way he's been playing under Marty St. Louis, he's a 30 goal yeah. scorer. Okay. Okay, you know what? I'll and, take and, that. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? I'll, I'll even lower the bar here. I would still take him at five point five million if he was scoring me twenty five goals a year, because listen, sure. if you're scoring, if if you're and 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 again, we're talking about in context of where the Montreal Canadiens are right now. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, one, you're gonna have to have players. You, you're, you can't just have no players playing for the next couple of years here. Players have to be on that roster. He's a guy that's. I think he's got another. It's either five or six years that he has left on that contract after this year. Two, three, so four, five. I don't mind. And and listen, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't have the players in front of me. But I'm sure if you gave me time, I could easily give you 10 to 15 guys that are making more money than his 5.5 and that will give you less goals than he will. So, and and listen, it's, it's, it's a goal-scoring league, right? Like, to win games, you've got to be able to put the puck in the net. So listen, I'm I'm not making this huge defense for Joss Anderson, just that in the situation that Montreal finds themselves under, I yeah. as a Montreal Canadiens fan would not have a problem if four years from now Josh Anderson is still on my team. Now, fast forward those four years, if this guy's <laughs> averaging twelve goals a year, yeah. that's a whole different can of worms. I'm expecting this guy to get me no less than twenty, and in all reality. 
25 to 30 a year. And I think that, you know, listen, Drew is going to be around there. Cole Caulfield is going to be around there. He'll have somebody, he'll have somebody to feed him the puck. It remains to be seen how well Drew can play under St. Louis here. But I mean, you know, there's some signs of, uh, there, there are some good positive signs uh, of how they're playing right now and where that can go here over the next few years. In regards to Josh Anderson in yeah. particular with this conversation. I don't I don't totally disagree with you that there's there's still hope, there is still something to hang your hat on. Um but I let's we'll, we'll wrap up the the this segment. We'll head on to the beauties and the beasts in a second, but I'm going to say this. You're you're you just finished saying how you need him to score 20 25 goals in that range anyways in order to make this contract worthwhile if you don't do that in your two year three year four now it's a loss so what i am going to say is he has done 20 or more once in his nhl career which is one two three well it's 361 games he has 94 goals he scored 20 or more only once 27 in columbus in 1819 that being said last year in a shortened season 52 games he scored 17 Clearly, he was going to score 20 in that year. That's fine. And Columbus in 17-18, he scored 19 in 63 games. But let's take it even further back than that. Let's go to his London Knights areas where he only did it twice there, too. So I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing in a stat sheet what everyone seems to be talking about. Not just you, Mike. But everyone seems to talk about Josh Anderson being able to put the puck in the net. Everyone seems to talk about this, but from a stats sheet's perspective, I don't see it. And in fact, I'll mention one more thing. In 2014, for the World Juniors Under-20 Championships, in seven games, he had one goal. And that was it. No assists. Of course not. He's got no apples. He can't pass a puck for, for shit. But he had one goal. The thing he's capable of doing on the big stage in seven games, he had one goal. This is why I think this contract will prove to be a huge disaster because I don't think he's ever proven it before. Hey, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you say no, something. No, listen. That. No, no, absolutely. absolutely you're li- certainly allowed to have your opinion. I mean, I, I honestly, listen, <laughs> that there, there may not be the actual numbers here to back up like you know that this guy is a yeah. 25 to 30 he he has had flashes of being able to do that he like has. you're mentioning yes. like you're mentioning the 27 that he had with Columbus the 19 and the 17 in shortened season or yeah. injury riddled seasons so yeah. we know that he can get there like i say yeah. for where and and again i i put it into the context of where Montreal is at at the current moment the fact that you are going to need to have some of these players stay on this roster. Yeah. The, Maybe I, you build around that, him. You I give him whatever thing, he needs to get to 25, and that's how you do it. Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the thing, and you know, and Ron, I'll leave you to, to be able to say something here too uh, about this subject. But um, I think for me, where, where it really becomes easy for me to handle this is with his cap hit. And I think that, you know, when you start to, talking about some of the monies that some of the money that and some of the contracts that are being thrown out for some of these guys i mean at five and a half and 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 again i'm, I'm saying this as long as this guy's kind of getting me 
you know, at the very least here, kind of like 23, 24, 25, you know, anywhere between that and, and 30 goals, anything over 30, I'd be, you know, gravy on top. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I'm hoping for from this guy to be able to handle that five and a half. And again, like I say, if, you know, if, if in a year from now or two years from now, we're sitting here talking about Josh Anderson having like a 14 goal year and a, a you know, and, and, and an 18 goal year the following year after that, that contract is, is becoming very, very hard to swallow, even at a five and a half million cap hit per year. The, but I mean, where the Habs are at right now, I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with his contract, where they're at well, right now. I mean, Ron, what's, what's your take from Given the, the current situation on the Montreal team, I don't think Anderson will ever get there. Now. Having said that, I've recently read as well, though, that management in Montreal right now are quite prepared to be, and this is them talking here, very active with free agents this year. So it's it not, not so much rebuilding but they want yeah, results right too. away so rather than making it all through trades and and future stars they want to be very active with free agency so they want results right now so uh, that that remains to be seen but if josh anderson can get yeah, makes sense. some backing and some players to play with yeah he can produce look what he did he did fairly good uh on a really poor team in, in Columbus. Now, you could say, which is probably similar to what Montreal is right now. They're a very poor team. They're one of the, I think, the worst team in the NHL. But if, uh, if uh, management is going to keep their promise and they've already spoken about it, if they're going to keep their promise that they're going to be very active in the free agency, well, they may, they may have a chance. All right, guys. Please. We have. He said beaten... something nice about my Habs. Well, that I was just about to say. <laughs> we have beaten the Habs into my father to get him to say something positive. Yes. This everyone should mark that on their calendar because I have well, been alive for well, forty-three I'll, years I'll, and this has I'll, never happened. This is only well, because well, I'm that, in a well, corner that. right. I'm in the corner <laughs> right now. I'm okay. in public. And okay. I'm talking uh, with I'm talking with my my adopted son, uh, who uh, loves Montreal. I so love it. I got to give in. Did you? Uh, and, and 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 if I may say so, his favorite adopted son. <laughs> my only one. After I got That's you, Mike. True. Three. That is true. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. On to, on to the last segment. We're going to be doing Beauties and the Beast. Dad, did you prepare? Did you prepare a uh, Beauty and a Beast, or are you going to just roll off of us? No, I'm just going to roll off of okay. you guys. I didn't prepare one. No, sorry. No, no worries. No worries. All right, at all. Mike. Knock yours out. Go ahead. All right. Okay. So since we were, I mean, uh, we we thought potentially that Ron might have might have had a Beauty and a Beast, which is more than fine. But what we decided to do this week is just go with one beauty and one beast. Um, so for me this week, uh, you're looking at Kevin Fiala as my beauty. Uh, starting to really heat up out there in Minnesota. Obviously uh, taking advantage of a lot of defensive um, um, 
coverage on both the Zuka uh, with on the Zuccarello <laughs> and uh, Kaprizov line. So he's definitely taken advantage of that. I do believe for some time, I don't know if he's still on there, but I do believe for a little bit he was on that first power play too. So, I mean, listen, you're getting a guy here, Kevin Fiala, 5'10", 204. He's 25 years old, so he's not, uh, you know, he's coming right into his prime here. He's played 50 games with 17 goals and 27 assists for 44 points. He's a plus 7. And for uh, for you folks out there in daily fantasy, if he is available, this is a guy that is playing 17 and a half minutes a night. So uh, you are getting a guy that is playing some some decent minutes. Um, he's got 12 points in his last 10 games after a bit of a slow start to the year. Uh, listen, I mean, in, in the right situation here, and he's got Boldy, I believe, on his line too. So another kind yeah, of hot shot rookie going on right now. I mean, he's he is obviously streaky. We all know that. But if this guy can ever find it and put it together, I think he may have a, a point-per-game player here. Uh, you know, 25 years old, hopefully he can kind of figure this out here over the next, like, year or so. And, uh, you know, like I say, if this guy is available, I, I can't see where he'd be available in any format. But if he's available and in, 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 on sitting on your free agent uh, list, make sure you pick this guy up and just enjoy the ride and the production that's going to come along with it because he's playing really, really well out there in Minnesota, and they're a pretty deep team, and we have, we've had some conversations about yeah. them over the course of the year too, Marty. So, you know, listen, if, uh, if he's available, get out there and go and pick him up. Um, that's all I got to say about Kevin Fiala. Moving on my, to the my under, sorry, just when, when I, my yeah, understanding yeah, is that ahead. he is he is Scott actually has made him available. Uh, so if anybody in our league is listening, um, he is apparently available from Scott. So I'm not sure what he's looking for because I haven't actually picked his interest on that one. But um, there's something to be said there. But uh, he is on the second line, um, uh, even strength. And like you said, he's playing with uh, Boldy, which is very nice and Goudreau. But uh, he's on the second power play as well. Um, second with yeah with uh, with Hartman and Goudreau as well so there's there's chemistry there I look at that line as being very similar to I think I even said this last week very similar to that Vegas line of uh of Carlson uh Marsha show and Riley where it's like Fiala Goudreau and Boldy could be that that type of consistent leave those three together kind of line I see that in Minnesota and I see that being very positive for them yeah good pick yeah, good good good, good pick, pick there Mike hey no worries man <coughs> And uh, it's it's kind of interesting that with uh, Ron on the show this week, I've actually got one of his goalies as as my beast. Now, I want to the the beast is Con the beast is Connor Hellebuck. Now, I want to preface this by saying he's not having the worst. Like yes, record wise, he's I mean the guy's seventeen and nineteen record wise on the year with six in overtime. He's got a two eighty eight goals against average with a nine twelve save percentage and three shutouts. So, I mean, it's not the worst numbers or the worst production that you get from a goaltender. Where the angle that I'm coming at this at is kind of the same thing as last week, and I was trying to look and see who I had down last week as well. It's in the investment that you made in this player at the beginning of the year. Arguably, Connor Hellebuck was the second goaltender taken off of most draft lists after Vasilevsky. <laughs> Him and Vasilevsky have been kind of in a, a bit of a tier all their own over the past couple of years. So if you did, and, and Ron, I know in the, your particular case, you already had him on your team. But for anybody who's in a one-year uh, uh, fantasy league or you made an investment either through a trade or a draft pick, 
in regards to getting this player, you're probably pretty disappointed in what has been happening so far this year. The team definitely has not played up to expectations, that's for sure. Uh, out yeah. of the playoff spot right now in the Central and with a lot of teams to leapfrog. So I really don't see Winnipeg being able to make the playoffs this year. Um, no. Listen, granted, there have been a lot of injuries. There's been the coaching change from Palmeris to uh, Dave Lowry. Yeah. So, I mean, there have, you know, things have been less than ideal, uh, in, in particular on the ice for him. But again, I kind of go back to if you were somebody that invested in that player at the beginning of the year, the return on, on investment certainly has been uh, something that was left to be desired. So, uh, again, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't think this is uh, 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 something to be concerned about with Hellebuck. I think he's a great goalie. Uh, I, yeah. I actually think I actually think that the Jets have a pretty solid team. Maybe getting a little bit older as we move along here, but they still have a solid group out there. And I do think that he's going to turn it around. I just don't think that you're going to get the year that you were expecting out of him, uh, even with some time left in the season here. So, I mean. Great goalie. Uh, again, I'm kind of probably picking on him maybe a little bit more than I should. But whenever you have spent that heavily in that player, in particular for your fantasy drafts, you're probably left wanting right now for sure. Well, if you look at it, the fact that it's uh, 17 wins, 19 losses, but that translates to 44 at, at the end of it all. It translates to 44 games played. He's in the top tier of goalies that have been playing a lot of a lot of games. So looking at that record, it's not really indicative of the kind of player he is. It's more indicative of the kind of team yeah. and the kind of season that they're having. So yeah, weird it's, it's, season for them. I would I would think it's more on Winnipeg as the team than just all about because. He's a, if you're saying he's got he already got three shutouts this year, I think yeah, he had yeah. a total of five last year, didn't he? Yeah. Do you have the records there? Hellebuck is playing uh, his usual self. He's playing very well. It's the team around him that isn't. So the the only reason you're not seeing the points at the end of the day for him is because the team hasn't been able to win those maybe those close games here and there or or do anything defensively. So it's not all on Hellebuck at all. And I, I don't think this is a this is a, a, a anything sort of like an indication of him starting to slide down or anything. It's just an outlier for for this team as a whole. And next year, look for something better. And that nine twelve save percentage is kind of indicative a little bit of how his year's kind of gone, right? Like, I mean, nine twelve yeah. save percentage. It's not horrible. You're not sitting at like nine oh three, nine oh four. There, he's right. getting pretty close to, if not at the league average. But you can yeah. kind of see a little bit where maybe the team isn't playing so well in front of him when you kind of shift over yeah. to that goals against average, right? Almost, you know, kind of pushing three goals against per game. So, you know, the the team definitely has not been playing up to expectations, and that certainly has uh, affected his. Per- Production value for sure. Well said. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'll do mine, uh, my my beauty and my beast. Uh, and my beauty for this week is Michael Bunton. Oh, wow. Now, I had wanted to do a piece on him at the beginning of the season, and I never really got around to it um, because at the beginning of the season, he kind of came out a little flat. But <coughs> now things have kind of turned around a little bit. So, But anyways, here's an abbrevi- ver- abbreviated version of that. So Arizona has the distinct pleasure of drafting potential only to get rid of it really early giving without really giving it a chance so think of them as kind of the Montreal expos of the nhl so in his career this is ahl ech echl and nhl all he's ever really done is continue to get better every season kind of thing that the next one season and the next season he got a little bit better so he's always done that so toronto may actually be the best spot for him because 
they have the right coaching staff and I, I think they got the right management to kind of help guide him for at least the next few years because he's there for another year. He, he signed a two-year contract with them at the, at the league minimum of 950000 So that's going to do him a lot of good. Um, nothing of this is going to hurt him or the team, so it just makes a lot of sense. So and obviously it doesn't hurt that they got him for cheap, like I mentioned, at 950000 but it also doesn't hurt that he's playing with players like uh, you know, Mitch Marner and Jason Spezza and player, players like that. Like he's, he's a very gifted player, but I think the way he's sort of progressed through in his career has been as, as exciting as scouts or sorry, as excited as scouts have been, the fans haven't really get gotten to see too, too much of him to get kind of into the hype and let that roll into. Cause again, he started out in Arizona, which is, Again, the Montreal Expos of places to start. So it's kind of shitty that he started out in Arizona. But, I mean, lately he's done very well. And I know there's that big baseball game of, of a game that they had against the Red Wings where he had five points, which is great, though. I mean, you still produce five points. GT didn't get anything. So that says something. But prior to that, he actually had uh, five points his last six games. Three of, those, three of those were goals. But more impressively, he had 16 shots on goal. So he's doing all the right things. And I think this is a huge step for him. And I think for him playing with Spezza, which I I don't know if you ever got to watch him play with Spezza, there seems to be something there. Clearly Spezza is mentoring him and helping him out. And I think you're seeing that in this game. It's taken a little bit while to come out, but it's definitely coming out lately. But watching them play together, there's something very exciting about watching him and Spezza because they're together on the second power play. And they do really well together. They feed off each other. Maybe Spezza sees something in Bunton that he saw in himself when he was younger and is trying to sort of coach him and mentor him into that. So all of that is rounding out to, I think, I think Bunton might be very lucky in two years from now. His contract's going to reflect that. And hopefully he stays in Toronto because I think there's a very good fit there for him. Well, um, again, coming back to last night, uh, he he played a, a fair amount of time with Matthews and Mitch Marner. The three of them together, oh, the three of them yeah, together on that line was just electrifying. It was, and you could you could see that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what kind of player he is, but uh, Detroit were getting upset with him to the point where they would physically go after Bunting at all times. Nice. Yeah. But having said that, oh, wow. uh, on and off the ice during the game last night, Bunting was all smiles. You can tell he was he was a very happy camper, uh, even with all the hits he was getting. He's a pest. He's got a little bit of uh, that in him for sure. There's something yeah. about Bunting's game that is infectious as a teammate and contagious in a in a bad sense from a from an opponent's sense. Like, I watch him play, and I feel like there's a guy who legitimately would play for, you know, for for a hamburger. He just loves playing. He just wants to be on the ice. And put him next to things like Matthews and Marner, oh, man. Like, and it's great to hear that, you know, the, the sort of, you know what, as from a Toronto perspective, you've got to love to see that because that means you've got a secret weapon. If Bunting brings something extra special out of Marner and Matthews, like, holy Jesus, you've been able to elevate their game as well as bunting, obviously. That's a secret weapon that you don't need to have in the starting lineup. You can bring that out later in the third period if you want to. Like, that's that's a great secret weapon at Ace that you receive to have. And good for Toronto to sort of experiment with that now, especially, too. So 
That's, well, like last idea. last night, um, Marner scored four goals. Bunting yeah. got the assist on all of Marner's goals. Uh, so maybe that that might be the start of something there. Yeah, Toronto fans, I I would I would I would push for that. A and more. and in return, Bunting got one goal. Who assisted on it? Marner. Marner. So they're play, they're go. playing well together. It's, it's there's some chemistry there, and that's really good to see. So I I will go as cool. far as saying that the way Michael Bunting is playing right now, he is Toronto. He is to Toronto what um, Marchand is to Boston, and what I and, and uh, yeah. And and I'm not and listen nice. I, I, yeah. listen yeah, I'll, nice. I'll go right off and say I'm not talking about actual production here, like like I, I'm talking about no, the no, no, type no. of guy that can score for you, but just he's that playoff guy. He's yeah. gonna get underneath the opponent's skin. I don't know, man. He's he's looking really good on that line. You got he's that, the right? grease in the cog. Yeah, he may not be the cog, but he's the grease in it. And he's helping turning that thing, and that's, Big time. that's huge. That's just as important as the cog. So yeah, good call there, Mike. Um, all right, so we're it's contagious. We're gonna yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end it off with Oliver Shillington, which I I had toyed with the idea of putting him here last week, and I know he's been on this list as a beauty at one point. I believe he's our first one to appear on both a beauty and a beast list because honestly, he is kind of. He's MIA lately because, uh, again, I was going to put him on the list last week. I, I don't know what happened. I, I Maybe I changed a heart or just got distracted. <laughs> Squirrel. But I decided not to. And But this week he deserves it. So in his last six games, he's a lackluster plus two, but especially considering the fact that Calgary has been scoring a lot of goals lately. And he, at a plus two from a defenseman, for, for a team that's scoring a lot of goals, that's nothing. That's nothing impressive there. He's got zero points in his last six games. He's not doing anything. He's barely shooting the puck. I wrote it down here. Five shots on goal in his last six games. Nothing's happening with this guy. He's completely falling. This is not the same player that was at the beginning of the season. His minutes have not diminished. So I'm not sure what's going on here. Calgary is not suffering as a result. Good on Sutter. Good on Calgary. But Shillington... Look, dude, you got to be doing more. And could you imagine what this team would be if he was doing a little bit more too? Like, it's nice that they don't need that. That's a great luxury to have. But Shillington lately, wow. if you've got him on your team, bench him until he can figure this out. Because this has been a terrible six game. And I had gone a little bit deeper on him in his last, I think it's nine games. He's only got three points and they're all assists. Like he's really just decided he's going to stop playing hockey or there's an injury or it's just a, a rough spell. But this has gone on a little too long. And Shillington kind of needs to figure this out before they, they really hit the, the, the home stretch. I mean, with that, with that team going to the playoffs and especially with the way they've been playing right now, I mean, the, the nice thing is they can afford maybe for his yeah. play to, you know, kind of yes. dip a little bit. Of course, you kind of want... You know, like you've been mentioning with several yeah. situations, Marty, maybe now is the time for that to happen if it was going to happen kind of the dog days of the of the season here. Yeah. So hopefully he can kind of find that game. And again, right, like he's yeah. not he's not their number one 
defenseman. So it's not like this guy needs to kind of, you know, he just needs to kind of no. play a good, solid uh, defensive game, you know, chip in maybe here and there. I know he's a little bit uh, of an offensively gifted uh, um, uh, defenseman. So chip in here and there with a, mm-hmm. some production. And I mean, the guy doesn't have to be a world beater. So as long as he can kind of find that game as they march towards the playoffs here, uh, they'll be uh, they'll be all right. I yeah. think in the end, it only really benefits him. It'll help him out in his career to show that he wasn't just a flash in the pan, that he can actually hold his own and continue going and he can have some consistency with it. That'll help his next contract. But Calgary is going to need as much help as they can get. Now, and I say that knowing full well that, especially lately, this team is the real deal. Uh, Sutter has done such a marvelous job with this team the second go around. I really think you need to be careful if you're any other team considering coming out of the West. You will most likely have to go through Calgary, and it it, it is not going to be easy because they have every box checked. They've got skill. They've got grit. They've got goaltending. You need to be careful going through there. But if Shillington can show that he's a big piece of that, that'll only benefit him and the team, obviously. Uh, but that'll be a big kick for him because the way he started this season – um, this is not where I thought he would be. We'll just say that. Hmm. Dad, anything other than hmm? Yeah. No, uh, just before we sign off, can I put in a request for next week's show? Sure. Yeah. You guys dig up all the potential free agencies or the trades coming up at the trading deadline. That would make it a very interesting show. My if you can't dad i have a life you know jeez i got other <laughs> things to do <laughs> well I, i'll tell you i'll tell you one thing i mean what we could do marty is kind of you know well we're all obviously going to know some of these guys that are going to be moving right like we can kind of i mean we talked about yeah. we talked about it actually a couple of weeks ago ron uh while we're on the program we might as well talk about it um we kind of actually thought that a very very dangerous fit and i mean dangerous in a good way would be if, for some reason, the Boston Bruins could get their hands on Claude Giroux. That sounds like a really good fit. That, to me? Yeah. That, uh, I mean, like... I I need to end the show right now. My brother just texted me something, and I can't tell you what he wrote. What? I need to go talk to my brother. I need to go talk okay. to him. Okay. This is... This is this might be huge. Okay. And it definitely, it, and it's, and it's obviously it's hockey related. We're talking, we're talking about a trade here. Are we talking trade? I, I don't, yeah, it would, if, maybe, we'll see. Yeah, I need to have a conversation. Just, you've just hey. answered it. Well, li- listen, before we end the show, Marty, enjoy your conversation. Yeah, Ron, yeah. it's been an absolute Thank pleasure, you. bud. And I'm sure huge no. pleasure. Thank you guys. Honor. And I'm sure it we'll really do it again fun. soon. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. You guys Absolutely. make it fun. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Later. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.